0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kevin McGuigan and I'll be your host. We are at episode six. In this episode, I talk with Josh Walker of Team Impact. Josh is a former Penn State University wrestler who went on to coach at the University of Virginia before pursuing a career working with nonprofit organizations. Josh is now the Mid Atlantic Regional Executive Director for Team Impact. Team Impact works with college athletic teams to help provide positive environments for children who are living with chronic illness. Josh lives in the Philadelphia region, and through Philly Wrestling, we connected online. I was searching for an organization that could benefit from the sales proceeds of the hashtag Philly Wrestling t-shirts when our paths crossed. Let's talk with the former Nittany Lion team captain about his career and what Team Impact means to him to the wrestling community and to philadelphia thanks for coming on the podcast man appreciate it
1: my pleasure thanks thanks so much for having me Yeah,
0: it's um you know it's funny how how we met on twitter uh i think we were following each other and and then i started to look in who is this guy you know and i i looked at your i think at the time you're you're a uh, bio on your Twitter said something about Penn state and, and team impact. And so I was like, Oh, let me look into this. And then, um, I went back and looked on the, our private messages and yeah, we started talking about uh, team impact and, and what it is. And, and, uh, you know, I, I wanted to hook up with somebody that we could do fundraising with and help some people out. And, and, and here we are, you know, and, and that was it at the up. end of yeah that was at the end of 2020 like december i think so
1: yeah i mean you know it, it's it's funny because i think it's a perfect illustration of what makes the wrestling community so so great is you know and what has how social media in a good way has has sort of changed uh, changed the game and enabled the community to sort of grow even stronger is you know i think we knew some of the same people and yeah, you know, we were we were tweeting about some of the same stuff. Clearly, you know, big fans of the sport, and uh, and you know, then you know, I think both of us have used the platform to advocate for the causes that are near and dear to our heart. And so, like, it was you know, our, our mutual experience of wrestling sort of brings us together. But then we learn more about you know about what each other does, what each other you know cares about, and and uh, it's it's been awesome to to connect with you in in that way, man. I'm, I'm yeah.
0: It has been. I had, you know, back to what you were saying about social media and how it can it can work for the good is, like, I, I kind of started Philly Wrestling just to help myself out, just focus on all the teams in Philly, you know, and, and you know, Penn, Drexel, and Ursinus, and Beat the Streets, and just kind of help myself get everything together in one package, and I can focus on all that, and, and interact with some people, and then man, this thing's starting to expand and I'm starting to meet a lot more people. And, you know, I got involved with the PRTC and, 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 you know, meeting yourself and beat the streets guys. And I mean, it's just, it's awesome. A lot of good people out there in wrestling.
1: There, there really is. And, and increasingly a lot of good people in Philly. And that's, that's been really exciting to watch since, I mean, I, I moved up here from Virginia. I'm originally from Pennsylvania, but moved moved up here from Virginia about, just about five years ago, exactly, like somewhere in that range. And, I, and uh, I was working for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia for a while. And like the leaps and bounds that I've seen the city take from a wrestling standpoint, even in that short, short time, I mean, we're in PA, wrestling's always been good, but it feels like it's jumped another level. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with, you know, coach Azevedo, coach Raina, coach Slay come into town, you know, but I mean the visions that they put forward and, and you get guys like Joe Jameson and your sinus and, you know, it's just, uh, everyone is sort of not only committed to winning, but committed to helping each other elevate this, the, the region sort of as a whole, you know, and it's been really cool to, uh, to see, you know, and, and, uh, just in the last couple of years. And then you get news like Jordan Burroughs is going to be coming to town soon. And, you know, of course, guys like, like Mark Hall from my alma mater. It's always nice to see Penn State guys coming to Philly to train. So it's just been exciting to watch it grow, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, the wrestling aside, there's a lot more to the wrestling community in, in Philly. You know, there's a lot of involvement with the coaches and the athletes with the community. You know, and we're starting to see that more and more. Um, so that's you know, that's what I love about it. That's how I love about Philly Philly wrestling. So let's back up a little bit. So you're you said you were originally from
1: Pennsylvania. Where where are you from? So I grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, so that would for all the PIAA people, that's District Three, country, and you know, it's funny. I didn't start wrestling until. Seventh grade, um, so, so I mean, it, you know, in the scheme of things, especially nowadays, that's late, you know. And uh, and I, I honestly, I was honestly someone that when I when I got recruited, a guy by the name of Wayne Packer, who who was a a a Baldy guy and a Penn State guy wrestler, and he was uh, my my gym teacher, and okay. he brought me in the hallway one day. He's like, you yeah, know, you should come out for wrestling. And I honestly thought I was going to go somewhere and jump off the top rope. I really didn't know it. I know it in my family had, had wrestled. And, um, Were
0: you playing so, other sports, other, any other sports?
1: I was playing soccer, I was playing okay. soccer and I wasn't that good at it. Um, and I, you know, I was thinking about going out for the basketball team because like seventh grade is, you know, you could start trying out for like, and, you know, Wayne Packer came and grabbed me and, and brought me down and, uh, and he was the high school coach at the time, and you know I, I got involved. And I went home from the first practice. I'm, I'll never forget. I, told, I I went home and I cried. I told my parents, "I'm never going. I'm never going back." That was the worst thing, because I just got I just got my butt kicked all over the room. I had no idea what to expect, what to do. And they, uh, my parents, to their credit, they said, "Look, you made a commitment to this, and and you at least got to you at least got to go for the next two weeks, and then tell us how you." You can't just pack it up. You gotta give this a, a fair shot. Right. And thankfully they did did that for me because honestly, that one decision, there's probably no decision that has more shaped the direction of my life than my parents making me go back for that two weeks. Because by the end of that two weeks, I got it. I, it wasn't wasn't good yet, but I I got why wrestling was a sport that I I could excel at because it wasn't going to be, my success wasn't going to be wholly dictated by by the athletic ability that my seventh grade self did not have at the time. But I was a pretty hard worker, and I and I figured out that you know if I if I just grinded a little bit harder and, and worked a little bit harder, I could I could carve out a, a niche for myself. And you know I'm grateful uh, grateful to a lot of people, you know, my parents, Wayne Packer, you know guys like Jerry Clinton, Kevin Franklin, my junior high coaches, who like, you know, brought me along and made it made, turned it into my favorite sport, and the only thing I wanted to do by the end of that. Year.
0: That's the thing about wrestling is you you you, you don't necessarily have to have that skill set uh, right off the bat, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, you it,
0: put the work in, the hard work and and you get your, you know, develop your body and a little bit of mat awareness and you can excel, you know, start to grow with it.
1: I mean, you start to grow. To, I think it, it, you know, for an a- adolescent boy too, who's you know just growing into his body, like you know, and learning lessons. Like you start learning things like you know responsibility, you know, weight management, things like just like little things that develop character. You know, it's like it wasn't just that I had to work hard; I had to take responsibility for certain things. I, had, you know, I had to you have to win and lose. You know, you shake you shake hands no matter what when. You know, beginning of a match, end of match, like you know, things like that that are just sort of character building. You know, and and if you have the right the right people around you, sort of instilling those lessons, I think it makes it, it makes a huge huge difference. And it certainly did did for me. And uh, you know, and then having coaches that you know, my well, I don't my my high school has had has had some good wrestlers over the years, but we weren't like. What
0: high school did you
1: go to? I went to Lampeter Strasburg High School. Okay. So uh, you know, like I said, we had some, we've had some some decent decent wrestlers, state place winners. I don't think we've ever had a state champ yet. Um, but the uh, you know it, it was you know, but I had some some coaches that were willing to like come in and spend time after hours, you know, you know during the summer times like that when I just wanted to keep working on you know on what had become my favorite sport, and that uh, that made all the difference for me.
0: So you went to a relatively small school, high school. Yeah,
1: we, we were a, uh, we were a double-A school. And then partway through my time in high school, we made the jump to, to triple-A. So we, 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 you know, grown a little bit now, they've grown even bigger. They actually have a pretty decent football team now that's made it to the state playoffs every year for the last couple of years. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was relatively small and, and I didn't, you know, it's funny, you know, you flash forward several years when I, I got into college coaching and you realize all the tournaments that, you know, guys who want to get recruited go, need to go to and you get, you know, like Fargo and, and juniors and things like that. Like, I I wasn't aware of any of that stuff. I just would grab flyers off tables and show up wherever the closest tournament was on the right. weekend. And, <laughs> you know, and thankfully my parents, they, you know, they were great because, there wasn't like a ton of there wasn't like super huge expectations of like wrestling greatness because they didn't like they came from a wrestling family they just like they found they saw me doing something i enjoyed and they just drove me wherever i wanted to do to, to do it you know and and there wasn't like a strategy to it um, and i'm i'm really grateful for that you know there's now obviously i have i have kids of my own and it's a balancing act because i know a little bit more of like you know certainly no what uh what good wrestling is and not good wrestling is i i also know more about like you know tournaments and things like that but i also you know i don't want my kids to lose that thing that i had where it was just fun you know like it didn't my 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 dad didn't care if i got my hand raised or not walking off the mat as long as i did a couple things you know i was respectable i was respectful and, and handled myself well and and so it allowed me to to grow up and grow in wrestling in a way that like you know i just i enjoyed you know and and that made a that made a big difference uh, because i had lots of lots of friends who you both in college and in high school who by the time they got to you know x point they were just sort of you know it burned them out or something like
0: that right, right. there was no pressure on you growing up to to excel or just work just work hard that's it yeah. yeah have fun so we are we have a mutual connection in that you know you went to penn state my daughter went to penn state and it goes a little further than that you're a journalism major my daughter the journalism major, she just graduated <laughs> it in 2020, yeah. and um, so what led you to Penn State?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I think part of it was, grew up in Pennsylvania, grew up a Penn State fan, um, right. you know, the the thing was, uh, I, I got a late start in wrestling, and I was, I was a good high school wrestler I wasn't a great high school wrestler like I was a I was you know a a state qualifier um as a sophomore didn't qualify as a junior Then my senior year I was I was you know I was decent I was undefeated I beat a bunch of good guys who ended up being state place winners and um but I I got upset at the regional tournament and I didn't even qualify for for states my my senior year and I, you know, I think fortunately what had happened is uh, the Penn State coaches at the time, Dave Hart, Troy Sunderland, had seen me wrestle at enough offseason competitions and, and you know, at some competitions during the year and I had beaten some good guys. And, um, I, you know, I, I had some communication with them where I just let them know, look, this is, this is something that you know, I did not finish how I wanted to finish, but that's only going to make me work. Work harder if you give me a shot, and I don't think I really count, thought that they were going to do it. But there was one slot left in, in my recruiting class, um, and they said, "Look, we don't have any money for you, but if you want to come and, and take this spot and, and earn it, then you, 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 can, uh, you can have it." And you know, it's it's funny because I'm not sure that would have worked out so so well for me, and uh, you know, with the with our, our current Penn State. <laughs> oh know. no uh, yeah i would have had, had that shot <laughs> but for whatever reason it gave i was able to uh, it gave me that opportunity and uh you know i, I was consi- i considered some other schools like you know it's interesting your you, you your confidence gets shaken a little bit when you don't you don't accomplish your goals sometimes you know and and um and so i i was considering everything went on a visit to to your alma mater george mason i was you know i was funny i was joking with, with Coach change he's now a rider, but he was the coach of Bucknell, and I, you know, I, I went on some visits up there when he was the coach of Bucknell. Um, I, you know, considered some Division three schools. Um, I was sort of like looking all over the place, but then when I got the chance to sort of to to take that opportunity at Penn State, I didn't want to end my college career and ever wonder what if, you know, like right. what what if, and um, and I also knew that I was still young in the sport and just just growing and still learning and I had a lot of room to grow. And so, um, so I took that opportunity. And uh, that's probably the, the second biggest decision that I've made that sort of shaped my future because you know, you flash forward a couple years later, and um, I met my wife there I met, you know, I, I met friends that that have, have lasted forever. And I've also it also shaped my you know, I went into coaching afterwards. And, um, you know, but I, I think my my biggest thing there was, you know, I again and said I don't, I didn't accomplish all of my goals, um, but I, you know, I, I was able to I earned a team being team captain my senior year, and uh, you know, finished. I used to joke with Scott Moore because I I was a I was a 197 pounder my freshman year, and I went up to heavyweight, and I was really good on top. Like that was my position. I was good on top, okay. and I pinned a decent amount of people. And I was always uh, I was trying to catch Scott because he he had, you know he he finished up four years at Penn State. Then went to UVA for his last year, and I think he he was third on the pin, pins list, and I uh, I finished one pin shy of him, fourth on the on the all-time pins list at the time at Penn State. And then of course he went to Virginia, where he doubled that in a year. He had like 30 some pins his, his senior year at, at right. UVA. But it was uh, wow so you were at that time you were fourth all-time pins. At, well at that time at the time yeah at, at that time, time. that That's I don't I, I don't even think I'm top 10 anymore they've had quite a few guys come in and uh, and you know do put put some shoulders on the mat but, but I, at one time you were you at know, one I, time and yeah. I will I will own that proudly for as long as someone will let me as long as people let me go on podcasts I'll, I'll make sure. <laughs> That, uh, uh, well,
0: whenever I'm in social settings, I'll talk about this guy that was number four on the
1: list. There you go. <laughs> no, no, you can say he does. But uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, but it, it was, it was an awesome experience. You know, I owe a lot to people like, you know, my, you know, Troy Sunderland was the coach back then. And I'm always forever grateful for him for the you know opportunity he gave me. And uh, Dave Hart was the assistant coach and, and he was really like, Dave was kind of my, my coach, you know, with right. the upper weights and he, he, um, when you point to like, you know, that coach that really has made it, made a difference for you, that was that he was that guy for me and taught me a lot about, about coaching and I'm grateful to him for that.
0: Right. So, and then you went into coaching yourself for, I think you said like 15 years you were coaching. So you were at UVA, you said?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I I've coached on and off for, I wouldn't say have been consistent for those 15 years, but I, I coached three years at the college, at, at UVA. Um, I went down, so my my wife went to law school at, at UVA. She was my, you know, we met at Penn Station, my girlfriend at the time, we went down. And I, um, Scott Moore was coaching down there. Scott was a good friend of mine. and Of course, Scott's now at Lock Haven. Uh, Letty Bernstein was the coach at, at UVA at that time. And, uh, you know, they they needed the, you know, volunteer assistance, someone to, to help run the club, run the youth club. Um, and you know be that that final coach on the staff and so I filled that that role um you know and and then one year into that there was a coaching change and Steve Garland uh, became the head coach and uh unfortunately Steve Steve kept me around and you know that's the you know I have a friendship with Steve that lasts to this day and with, and with Lenny um you know but Steve and I grew really close, and, and you know, and a lot of guys down there in Charlottesville from, you know, Scott Moore, Pat DeGaine was, you know, anyone remembers he was a heavyweight at Indiana, All-American. He was, he, he coached with us there for a couple of years. Um, you know, guys like Matt Pell, um, Jim Harshaw, who's someone who's, I think, you know, similar uh, to you in a lot of ways, Kevin, is, you know, really, used his platform and social media to lift up the sport of wrestling and do things to, to encourage. And, and Jim has been a, has been a good friend. And so those guys have, you know, really, uh, you know, have been some of those lifelong friends that you talk about. Jim
0: is awesome. I follow him on all platforms and he's got some great podcasts and great information, very inspiring, very helpful, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his whole message of success through failure. I mean, that's, you know, essentially I've, you know, I've referenced different failures at multiple times already that have sort of propelled me to like take next steps and stuff. And, and Jim, Jim knows what he's doing. You, uh, I definitely encourage everyone to, to give him a listen, give him a follow.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, you know, as
0: I, listen listened to your, your background here and I, you know, from when you started wrestling through your, most of your career, you keep talking about people that have made a difference in your life. And if I go back to this recording, I could probably list. It's probably about 20 people so far that you've mentioned. And that's, um, that's important, I think, because as we go through life, we're not in this alone. And you're you know, recognizing as you go along every single person that has made a difference. And that's awesome. And I think that maybe this will lead into you know, our connection with what you do for team impact and what I you know wanted to do and why we wanted why I wanted to connect with you for team impact can you talk a little bit about your position as uh, the regional executive director of team impact but maybe before that tell us what team impact is sure
1: yeah so so team impact it is is a, a nonprofit organization. We started uh, ten years ago, actually ten years ago on Mother's Day. We made our first match. Um, but we're the only nonprofit organization to take children uh, with with life-threatening and chronic illnesses and match them with a college athletic team in a, in a in a clinically informed program that allows them to reach um, therapeutic goals. Um, but also allows them, most importantly, to fill psychosocial needs that they have. Um, and by psychosocial needs, what I mean is, you know, children who are diagnosed with pediatric illnesses um, suffer from things like depression, social isolation, um, you know, exclusion from peer groups at a higher rate than than almost any other, um, you know, children's group. And, and it's because that they live an experience that other people can't can relate to. It. You know, when you're diagnosed with with an illness, um, especially you know, a serious or life-threatening one, your your whole childhood changes. And you know, while other kids are, you know, going to little league practice, you're going to the hospital to get transfusion, you know, and and, um, and so what we do is we take college sports teams. And we, we don't give the kid an experience. We There's an experience that's built into it. It's not just like going to a game. What we do is we take the kid and we get a college sports team to commit to, to signing that child to their team for a two year time period so that they are a member of the team. So that, you know, sure there's games and competitions but there's bowling nights, there's team dinners, there's, you know, regular interaction. During the pandemic, it's, you know, been, you know, weekly and bi-weekly, you know, virtual calls, just checking in, making sure, you know, pep talks going into, you know, surgery, or, you know, we just had a, had a little boy, Charlie, who's matched uh, with the Duke track and field team, who Charlie just got to ring the bell, uh, which for anyone that's in the, in the cancer community knows that you ring the bell for your last chemotherapy treatment, you know, at, at whatever children's hospital you're at. Wow. Charlie rang the bell for his last chemotherapy treatment, and he left the hospital and he didn't know it, but his entire Duke, Duke team was there to greet him outside, cheering him on. And, and all right, Charlie, nice. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and that's, uh, you know, that's what it's all about, you know, is, you know, you mentioned how i mention mentioned other, other people quite a bit. Uh, you know, there's an expression at uh, the church I used to go to down in, in Charlottesville, Virginia. They used to have it on their sign that says, relationship is life. And I, I couldn't, I don't think there's any statement that I agree with more than that. You know, that's, you know, why we, how we've got together. That's, we talk about the wrestling community. We talk about, you know, communities of, of children with, with pediatric illnesses. You know, there's, there's common bonds that are formed through, through different experiences. And I think that sports and particularly team sports, um, Are the best representation of that. You know, sports, I believe, are all about relationships and it's all about overcoming challenges and ups and downs together as a team and lifting each other up and setting goals. And that's what these kids need. You know, that's what children who have been dealt a difficult hand need. They need a a team to help sort of elevate them, pick them up, and and carry them through. And then what we find is, and the coolest thing about team impact, the thing that that really gets me is like, it is in many ways far more impactful for the team. Than it is for the child and their family. I mean, it's super impactful for the child and their family. But what, what these student athletes learn as a result of this experience, you know, is empathy and, you know, perspective and you know what really matters, what's important, thinking outside of themselves, and also just preparing them to be leaders, right? And, and use the platforms that they have for good. I mean, never before has there been a time when student athletes have more of an opportunity to use their platform for social good because there's so many things that we're tackling as a society and, you know, that we identified that, you know, you know, needs to change. And I think student athletes are in a unique perspective because of the gifts that they've been given, but also the, you know, the work that they put in, they have a platform and, um, you know, this experience allows them to use that in a way that that changes the world around them for better. And, and so, you know, that's really in a nutshell what team impact is all about. Um
0: So often as athletes, you know, especially wrestlers, we, you know, we're focused on ourselves, you know, we're, we're training, we're, we're trying to get better. We're we're focused on weight training, technique, tactics, all that. And what you're saying, you know, resonates because now they, they, these student athletes that are matching with the team impact kids, they, they're looking outside themselves. Now they're, they're seeing like you said, perspective. They're getting a, a greater perspective on what's around them and, and how they can make a difference with their
1: platform. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I I was in a conversation where she, um, we have a, a fellowship program with Team Impact where, you know, we have, there's different levels of sort of leadership uh, responsibilities that student athletes can take with Team Impact. You can be a part of a team that has a child, you know match with your team and you're going to do things to support that child um you can be a part of the the leadership team within that team where like it's usually four or five student athletes who they're going to be the main points of contact during the summer when everyone else is home they're going to be staying in touch with that child making sure that child is not is not alone and really really leading the rest of the team pulling them into experiences and then outside of that we have a fellowship program that student athletes can apply to to be a part of it's a it's a competitive process it's it's the kind of thing you there's a summit that we have where student athletes from all over the country come and get trained and you know and they're going through trainings not only for things that pertain to team impact but also in how to use their platform how to use their voice what's their identity as a student athlete um you know how do you how are you going to be the change you want to see things like that that are um you know, that transcend just the, the, you know, the matching of a child with the team. It's, it's really, um, how can you make a difference on your campuses? And it, it's a great program. And one of our fellows is a field hockey player, uh, Christina Caritanuto at, at Temple University. Okay. And she is literally has, because of her team impact experience, is now going to go into pediatric medicine. And you know, yeah, that's awesome. and, and that's what she's gonna pursue for grad school. So like it's just it it's cool to see something that is designed for the child have such an impact on on the, the student athletes and the teams.
0: It's life changing for both both sides. It's life changing for that, you know, child that's that's like you said, isolated from their peers, isolated from everything really. Depending on the level of their illness, and it's life changing for the student athletes. Yeah, for sure. So, we've talked before about the wrestling programs across the country that Team Impact has worked with, and you have several programs that have matched with uh, children. Can you share some of the programs that are actively matched? Some programs that are
1: are uh, you're working to get matches for, and others that you hope to. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, this was actually fun for me because I I've been at Team Impact for a little over a year. I joined in January of 2020, so just a couple months before the world flipped upside down with COVID. Um, and like I said, I was at, at Chop before that. But the um, so some of this predates my time, so it's fun to go back and look at some of the teams that have, have, have worked. So. Overall, we've had 27 teams, 27 college wrestling teams work with, uh, match with Team Impact children since um, the inception of uh, Team Impact. Some of those teams have done it multiple times. Uh, right now, we currently have 12 actively matched teams around the country and several more that are in the works. So I can, I'll read down the list of the, the teams that are actively working, um, have, a, have a Team Impact child on their team. So we've got Appalachian State, uh, Johnson and Wales University, Ryder University, Sacred Heart University, Springfield College, the University of Indianapolis, University of Michigan, uh, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, University of Pittsburgh, University of Wisconsin, uh, Auclair, I believe is, it, is how it's pronounced, University of Wisconsin-Lacrosse, and then Wesleyan University. So we've got a mix of, of Division I, Division II, Division Three schools in there um, that are all actively, uh, matched with, you know, with, with the team impact child. And it's been really cool to see the ways that they've used their platform, um, you know, in, in the past year. So i mean, a couple examples, you know, when, uh, you know, coach Coleman Scott and and Tony Ramos have been fantastic supporters down at UNC, uh, when Austin O'Connor, um, he wrestled for the national championship and, and won the national championship this year. He wore a, a new singlet that, you know, had not been worn in competition before they unveiled that, that singlet by having their team impact child pose and photos for it on, on social media and put that out right before Austin O'Connor. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. You know, like just like <laughs> two great. ways to, to, to prop up their kid. And they, they've done a lot, all sorts of cool things. Um, you know, one of my most in, enjoyable experiences, over COVID was I got to join uh, Coach Hangey and the uh, and the rider wrestling team, Coach Bedley on um, welcoming Ian to their team. Um, you know, we normally do one of the cool things that we do t- in typical times is we have a, um, a signing day for the child at the start of their match. So, you know, it, and it could be something that's re- really cool. Some schools will have like, the cheerleaders out or the pep band or the mascots and they have like a a table and like you know the the backdrop behind and the child actually signs their national letter of intent to wrestle so it gives them that experience you know we've had to modify that somewhat during COVID times because you can't get everyone everyone together and, and do that a lot of schools will will give the child their own locker and you know give them a whole experience and you know give them the tour that you would give recruits and things of that nature um so we did the signing day for Ian virtually with, with coach Hange and, and the rider wrestling team. And it was, it was like the bo- the most like wrestling locker room culture experience. You, know, you had some guys that coach Hange had clearly told, told the team they were supposed to wear their rider shirts and they weren't wearing them. And he he's he like, where the heck's your shirts? Get your shirts on. And the, <laughs> and, the, and the parents were, the parents were cracking up and Ian was cracking up. And you could just tell, like, it, they didn't change anything because he was just part of the team. You know what I mean? Like, he was just a part of their team. He had already been been introduced and in like, you know, he was trash talking because he, he plays, like, he plays Madden with, against guys on the team online and things like that. But, like, it was so cool for me to see this was a wrestling team. Like, I know this. I, I've, I've been a part of this on many levels for so many, so much of my life. And Ian was a part of that that family you know, and, um, that's, you know, when it's, you know, I think that's the biggest differentiator is like, you know, God knows these kids deserve trips to Disney world and they deserve, you know, experiences that, you know, that a lot of us, you know, would, would count as like special experiences, but what they need is a family around them, a, a, you know, a team of support to really help, um, not only give them a fun experience, but a formative experience, you know? And that's the cool thing is, you know, there's not a blanket that we can throw over every every college wrestling program or every college sports team that's involved in our program because everyone is so different. And we want those nuances, right? We want these kids to, be, to become part of that culture, become part of that family. And that's one of the great things about college sports is – you can go to different towns and it's a, it's a completely different experience and a completely different culture. And we want the kids to be a part of that.
0: Right. Oh, that's awesome. So how do you match the, the kids up? It has to be a somewhat of a, a process, a, a long process to do that. Can you explain that? Yeah.
1: yeah. So what, I mean, one of the things that I really appreciate about what we do um, and it was a, it was sort of a selling point for me when I, when I left CHOP because when I, when they came and approached me about being the executive director for the mid-Atlantic, I don't even think I said that, but that's, um, I, I I cover the mid-Atlantic territory for team impact, um, which is North Carolina up to basically up to New York, up through New Jersey. Um, and I wasn't looking to leave the children's hospital. I was working for the cancer center and I've got, you know, my own personal connection to that work. And, and, um, but when team impact approached me, you know, A, it brought the sports element that has been such a part of my life. But B, what it did is it it recognized the importance of psychosocial care. Um, And what I mean by that is, you know, the the best children's hospitals, and, and this is something that I don't think there is, equitable distribution of psychosocial resources across all hospitals because it it takes a hospital that has money to devote in to, you know, devote to these to this type of care. Um, But it's the recognition that it's not enough just to treat the child's illness. You have to treat the effects of the illness as well. And so, you know, hospitals that invest heavily in in hospital social workers, uh, child life specialists, you know, it's it's recognizing that you're not you're you're not just treating the illness; you're treating that whole child, and you know the the, the psychological effects that come with it, the social effects that come with it, the challenges. And your know, hospitals like Chop, Boston Children's Hospital, Children's National, Johns Hopkins, they they have the resources, so they have great psychosocial teams. The challenge is they're still limited by what happens inside the walls of the hospital but when those children go home or in a time like COVID this past year, where like everyone has had to stay isolated and, and, um, you know, who is making sure that that child isn't slipping into depression, isn't, you know, remaining isolated, isn't alone. Um, and that's where team impact comes in. You know, we, we have ensured, and even during COVID, um, because our, our, our team made the switch very quickly to to virtual program, and we've ensured that these kids, have remained supported, remain surrounded by their teams. And, so you know, you're,
0: you you're the director of the Mid-Atlantic region. Wh- who do you have working under you that handles all of that?
1: Yeah, no, it's a great question. Yeah. So, so what happens is we we have a, um, there's a several person team. We've got my, Elise Kiehl's is our director of programs and she does a fantastic job um, with outreach. And she does outreach to basically two main two main groups: uh, children's health care providers. And that we broadened that a lot this past year because we used to we we work very closely with children's hospitals up and down the coast. Uh, but we also are now working increasingly more and more with community groups and anyone that's serving, you know, children um, with pediatric needs because we want to help as many as many kids as possible. Um, and then she's also doing outreach to, to college athletic programs and. You know usually establish establishing administrative contacts within the athletic department who then can pull in the appropriate teams that are are ready for this type of, of program um, once we've identified a child once a, a kid is referred through the program then we we do an intake process where there is a an intake call to to assess what the child's needs are so it's not just a matter of okay we've got a team we've got a child throw them together and, and hope it sticks it's we're going to have a, an in-depth conversation with the child and, their, and the parents um, we're also going to have an in-depth conversation with the coaches and the teams um, and find out you know what a what the child and the parents are looking for what goals are they trying to set what disabilities might they have that might affect what they're able to do what challenges um you know and then and then finding teams that are that are going to be best suited to help meet those those needs and, and work with that child to, you know, achieve their, their goals. Um, once, that, once that happens, there's, there's, you know, an MOU process that we go through with each school to make sure the schools are on board with the scope of everything. Um, there's also then, uh, you know, we select the leadership team, and then there's a team training. So it's not just throwing these kids into the fire. It's putting them through a training that helps them understand, here's what, you know, Ian's challenges are. Here's what he's trying to achieve. Here's what you need to know to help him do that. And then there's coaching throughout. Uh, Once the match is made, we have case managers who are all clinically trained uh, social workers or child life specialists. Most of them have come from different children's hospitals around the country, um, who they're essentially kind of like the coaches then from there on out. And they will work with the team and work with the family to maintain the contact is is continuing, that interactions are continuing, but then also like helping through if there's difficult situations that arise, whether it be with the child's health or, or whether it be with a coaching change or with, you know, making sure that they were there to ensure a, a smooth process um, throughout and to continue sort of coaching up the, the student athletes to, to be the best teammates they possibly can to, to their, their match child. Right.
0: So in, in Philadelphia, we have some of the best hospitals in the world, right? Yeah. One specifically is, is Children's Hospital. And I know you said that you had worked there uh, yeah. before you got with Team Impact. Um, my, both of my children were treated at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And I, I'm in construction. I do a lot of work at the hospital. I'm currently uh, doing a project there now. Um, so with that said, are you, are you working with any of the local Philadelphia teams to get kids matched with the, the local programs?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we, we right now, um, between in the city of Philly, actually, I, let me pull up the number exactly for you here. But we have in Philly, and, and I'll expand it into the Lehigh Valley right now, we have 37 different kids placed with teams um, at somewhere like 25 different schools um, who are working with us so you know we are working with colleges all over the, the city um, as it pertains to wrestling I'm really I'm, I'm excited to say we, we're having some great conversations uh, with Drexel University and coach Azevedo coach Schaefer um, we are you know we're looking down uh, in, in the summer finalizing a mass there we just we just had some conversations this oh, week that's great. that's great um you know we are you know we're also you know would love to to do some some work with Penn. i mentioned rider university Hi, um coach uh, jameson and your sinus college just just um, added to our wait list they just signed up and so now we're in the process of identifying a kid for their team as well um so, so a lot-
0: how does that how does that work so maybe coaches don't know about it, don't know yeah. about Team Impact. They don't know that it even exists. I mean, it is a relatively young organization. It's 10 years, you said, right? Yeah. And you've been with them just a year. So if a college coach wants to get involved and help maybe make a match, how do they go about doing that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, the easiest way would be to go to our website and www.teamimpact.org and you can you can sign up for the waitlist right there the same would be true for if you're a family or a uh, you know a medical provider you want to refer a child you can go to that website and and there's links on there that will take you it's a very easy short process you can do it in less than five minutes um, and be added to our waitlist either as a child or as a as a team Um, you know then you know, there of course there's there's also situations where sometimes we'll have a child, and you know this happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, shout out to, to Coach Gavin and Coach Lean at the University of Pittsburgh. But we had a child in, in Pittsburgh who we thought would be a really good match with the uh, the wrestling team. So uh, you know, I, I, I was for, I'm fortunate to know Coach Gavin and Coach Lean through through my time. Um, down at UVA with them, and so I picked up the phone and called them, and they said, "Sure thing, absolutely." And and uh, so That's now typically how
0: wrestlers are, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll
1: we just, well, yeah, whatever you need, yeah, sure, let's <laughs> let's do it. And uh, and so Coach Pletcher, uh, Luke Pletcher, has been, you know, um, your running point for them on on Manji, and we, I think we made that match happen in, in record time, within a within a couple weeks. You know, sometimes depending on schedules, they can, you know, because we want to be thorough with the process, it might take several weeks. In that instance it was like two weeks done announced and and now we'll, we'll find a cool way to do a signing day maybe when we can do something in person um but you know just uh you know I, I, there's some other programs we had a similar situation with uh with uh, nc state we're working on a match right now too um down in north carolina so you you know re- we know wrestlers you know we know coaches if you can help you, you know generally if there's a if there is a problem to be solved Wrestlers are the best ones to step up and try to right. solve. Them.
0: That's that's who you want on your crew. Absolutely,
1: right yeah. And, uh, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. So, what, what is there anything else about Team Impact that you'd like to share? Do you think that people in Philadelphia or anybody listening to the podcast would would benefit from?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the the cool thing is in Philadelphia we are at a stage with Team Impact where you know, Philadelphia is really being held up as, as the model for our growth around the country. And, you know, that is we originated in the Boston area 10 years ago. And when we, um, you know, decided how we were going to grow, because now we have placed, we have matched over 2000 kids in 48 States at 750 schools in that 10 year time period. So 750 plus it's over 750 now. Um, you know that's that's a re- remarkable number like in such a short amount of time and i think it speaks to the mission and and what we're trying to do but you know we we don't want to stop until we are ingrained into the dna of the ncaa that this is something that if you have a team almost every college town has has you know kids with pediatric health care needs that you're using that platform that you have as a team to to help the children in your community. And we can provide that vehicle. Um, but to do that, we need to build some templates that aren't just, that isn't just Boston, right? And so Philadelphia is the first city that we we put sort of a fully staffed um, team outside of Boston in. And now we have some other cities, we've got some some people in Chicago and out in California now, but Philadelphia is is, you know, we're figuring out how to take something that is a national organization and make it local, right? That's how you actually get something to grow is you, is you make it local in the communities that you're serving. And so, you know, by getting it right in Philadelphia and we're doing work you know, more in DC and I've already named schools up and down the coast, up and down the coast that we're doing stuff with the mid Atlantic, um, you know, by getting it right here, it gives us a model that we can then take and replicate. And, you know, that's, uh, that's a challenge that I'm excited about. You know, that's something, you know, I, I, like, I like setting goals and, and doing that. And I like doing it with the team. And, and that's what our team is dedicated to doing. But a big part of that is um, growing inside the city of Philadelphia, providing volunteer opportunities. You know, we're launching a, a Team Impact tailgate initiative this fall once things open back up where, like, people can host uh, tailgates for Team Impact at, you know, it doesn't just have to be at the Eagles game. It could be at a, you know, Villanova soccer game. It could be at, you know, a Drexel wrestling match um, where you can bring people in, support the family, you know, learn more about team impact, um, get connected in. We are, we have a young professionals group now that is growing in the city that we have lots of wrestlers that are going to be graduating and going into business in the city. You know, if you're looking for a good cause that ties in very closely with, you um, you know, with your college experience, team impact is that, is that experience, you know, and I, and I think, um, and I think the other thing that's great is, and this is my mindset coming from a pediatric uh, healthcare background for a long time, is there are so many good causes out there and too often we silo ourselves off and when we're actually working towards the same goals. So, you know, I look at, at something like beat the streets here in Philadelphia and I'm, I'm 100% on board with with helping with beat the streets in, in any way that, that I can in any way that we can. Um, and simultaneously, I think we, we we work alongside them because you know there there are kids across the Philadelphia community that have siblings that that are sick and are and then are at the Children's Hospital. Um, and then and there are ways that teams can you know can simultaneously support a sick child and go out and and you know pull kids into the sport sport of wrestling and i think that you know causes like like beat the streets and and team impact and you other good ones out there uh, work hand in hand to achieve some of the same goals
0: how about funding for team impact how how do you handle that and and are there ways that people can help you with funding
1: yeah so the the thing i always say is you know the 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 unique challenge about team impact is that we provide sort of a clinical service through our, our case management and through that extension of the psychosocial care and working so closely with with uh, children's hospitals um but without clinical revenue we're not billing patients for the time we're not you know it's not the insurance isn't comping us for the insurance for the services provided so we depend on the community to ensure that these kids are getting um, getting this experience and getting this care that they need. Um, you know, so we, you know, always interested in talking with people who want to support what we're doing. You can go to, to www.teamimpact.org and, and make a gift. There's a donate button right there that you can make gifts with. You can also connect, you know, connect with me anytime. And I, and I talk to you about, you know, specific schools and teams that are involved, um, you know, to, if, if you're looking for sort of a personal connection or reason to, to get involved. I also heard, you know, I listened to your, your podcast with, with Brandon Slay uh, the other day, you know, he brought up something that's a really, really good point, especially right now is, uh, you know, gifts of appreciated stock and things like that. You know, people, uh, we can facilitate the same thing that he, he spoke about. Um, and that's an easy way for people to make a gift that actually benefits them in, in many ways, because you're not going to get, get, Uh, Taxed on that appreciated stock. Um, You're a 501c3. We are a 501c3. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah, you know, the I've, I've, childhood illness has affected me in a couple different ways, and over the years, I've worked with Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation, a great organization. When I when I came across Team Impact, and you and I had that conversation about what it is and what it's all about, it's totally different than what I, what I was used to, as far as organizations that help children with, with illness. And, um, and I just think it's awesome that you're, you're, you're looking at, okay, the, the child is sick and they have to deal with that, but you're looking at more of it. You're what, you know, how are they handling it socially? How are they handling it psychologically? And, and uh, that's what kind of drew me to this, into what you you guys are doing. I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's definitely an outs, outside of the box approach, and that's that's sort of what I love about it. You know, I um, yeah, you you know, I, I have my own personal experience with with childhood. You know, I, my um, my younger, I'm the oldest of four boys, and my younger brother who would be like the middle of the younger three uh caleb died of a brain tumor in 2014 and uh and you know for much of my career he he um he was diagnosed and he fought and he was i mean he's a here i could spend a whole podcast talking about all the things that that he did um you know he's he's the kind of guy that he you know he would ride in 100 mile live strong challenge bike races while he's on chemo and he would just like you know he just found ways to push himself that um, you know that most people couldn't couldn't do and he, he ended up surviving what should have been um, you know fatal cancer for five years you know which is about five years longer than he was you know, expected to right. um, but he uh, you know the other thing that he did is you know he he started his own foundation before he passed away um, because he wanted to you know he sort of wrestled for a long time with whether he wanted his cancer to be a part of his identity. And it's some of that same psychosocial challenges, like people can't relate, don't want to be identified as the kid with cancer. Um, and when he he finally came to this realization, he, 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 he would tell the story that you know he was surrounded by, um, he, he, we had a chance to, there was a family vacation at the beach and he was riding the beach and he sort of dreamed this thing up and he came and he saw like this, his you know he had some friends there with him family and he just he had a team around him he said he felt like he was surrounded by this team but not everyone has that and so he wanted to create an organization uh called a week away where they provide respites for families to get away and have the same type of experience that he had at the beach where he was able to like feel normal and do something good and but it was it always he always talked about his team his team of people that helped him and you know that was uh after, after coaching for a while, I was, I was working for the Special Olympics, which was a blast, an amazing organization, um, but it was when he was diagnosed, I was at Special Olympics, and that's what made me take the jump into pediatric health care, and I worked at the University of Virginia Children's Hospital for a while, uh, while I also ran the Cavalier Wrestling Club and, and did all that stuff, so that was part of after coaching me, getting back into it down there, and um, and, you know, I, I got into pediatric healthcare and then had the chance to go to CHOP. And I got the chance to work with his doctors, his surgeon, you know, shout out to Jay Storm and Peter Phillips and Michael Fisher and Adam Resnick and people like that that were a huge part of his care. Um, and, you know, I had the chance to sort of like help pursue the cure with them. You know, I, I helped them fundraise for research and the you amazing- were on Cal- You were on the team. Yeah. I was on the team. I was on the team and I, I had the opportunity to help them pursue that. But what I, what I also kept seeing was, you know, there, you know, there's a, a statistic and, and I'll try not to get this one wrong. Uh, but I think it's 60, at least 60% of kids with a brain tumor can identify a close friend. Um, that's a study that I read recently because it's, it's such a unique. Say experience. that number again. So I believe, and again, uh, it, at least 60% 60%. Of it, 60 percent 60 60 uh which diagnosed with a pediatric brain tumor have difficulty identifying a close friend um and that was a, a study that i read um i believe it was dr hawking at, at, at chop i hawking but uh you know it it's you know that blew me away and it it you know, as I got to know more and more families, I, you know, I got to know for the survivors, it was the, the struggle wasn't over. You know, it, it was only in many ways for some of them, it had just, just begun and there's varying degrees of every type of cancer and, and varying degrees of, of the challenges they face. But, you know, that's what team impact is, is, is tackling. Because if you wait until afterwards, sometimes, you know, you're talking about a child's formative years, you know, And that's (laughs) exactly. And, uh, and so for me that, you know, to be able to honor my brother, Caleb's legacy, I, you know, I was able to be at at chop. I was able to be in, you know, you know, that pediatric healthcare world. Um, I was able to go back to sort of my, my team sports roots and pull it all together at team impact. And, And that's been a huge blessing for me. You know, I'm just, I'm grateful for, for that. And, and just, love what we're doing, love being a part of an organization that is so forward thinking and and still growing. Like it's fun to be a part of something that I can help steer the ship, you know, in the direction that we're still
0: molding it. You're building the blocks, putting the blocks together, building the, building the house. Yeah. You're definitely Caleb's legacy for sure. You know, this is, it's awesome what you're doing and what you're providing and who you're leading and helping and, the hashtag Philly wrestling shirt, that's really, you know, when we connect it. And, uh, when I created that and I I had help creating that with, uh, Cliff Fretwell from compound sportswear and he made the design and, uh, and, uh, so, you know, we've been selling the shirts and we've already made a donation to team impact. And I had to buy another, I had to, purchase another order of shirts because they all all, they all sold out so quickly and now the second order is selling out so there's going to be another donation coming to team impact because i mean like you like we said in the beginning you know this wrestling community is is awesome you know and and there's so many great people out there so many giving people that want to help and 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 do good things and uh and I'm just glad that we were able to connect and, and that those funds are going to help you continue with what you're doing with Team, team Impact.
1: Yeah, you know, Kevin, I'll, I'm I'm so grateful for what you've done. I mean, I, I think, you know, the the interesting thing that I think is worth saying is, you know, we connected on, on Twitter and had, you know, similar likes, but it was you that reached out and, and wanted to do something to help, help these kids and help the student athletes that are that are supporting them. And so, you know, that, that is how we, we grow it's people in the community like yourself who say, you want to, you want to be the change, right? You want to make a difference. And it helps that you, that you worked with Fretwell and, and made some really freaking comfortable shirts. Because <laughs> yeah. The they shirt. do a great job, don't they? Um, <sighs> but it, it's, um, uh, you know, I just, I'm so grateful for your support. Um, and also for just amplifying this message, you know, there's, there's kids that that need this and, you know, I appreciate you using your platform, you, you know, donating these funds and, um, you know, just want to, want to support. I think, you know, the, the cool thing is, and this is true for wrestling, wrestling communities, as Philly wrestling grows, um, the community as a whole is going to become better, you know? And that's just, that's what, what happens when you take the things that we that we, I think too often take for granted that we've learned for, from wrestling that the sport has given us and you give that to more people and you amplify it um, and you you help lift other people up. You know, that is uh, the result is, you know, what, what we've been talking about all day today. And, and, you know, that whole thing of relationship is life. We're, we're, we're building relationships and helping people. And that's what we're
0: doing. Exactly, exactly. Well, Josh Walker, thank you very much for taking the time I know you're busy. I know you guys got a lot going on. You have kids of your own, so I'm sure you're getting ready to go some I do. I'm I running
1: upstairs, but they, they haven't come down here yet, so that's good.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you very much, brother.
1: Thanks, brother. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Philly Wrestling. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment, subscribe, and stay tuned for more episodes. Until then, Please enjoy Clementine, an original song from my favorite Philly band, Human Illusion.